Welcome to No Rules to Live By, where we weigh the rules we adopt and shed to live a fulfilled and balanced life. Today, we're going to talk about, really about processing emotions and about giving yourself space and time to go through the process of grief. And this can take shape um, from grieving ways of being, grieving partnerships, grieving loved ones, um, grieving what you thought would be. There's all types of grief, um, but they have to move through our system in the same way. And so I kept getting the message that this was something that we needed to talk about today. Yeah, so I'm excited to just dive into this conversation, um, more of an, an open discussion of, of ideas, because this is one of those topics where there aren't answers and you know obviously there's people talk about stages and steps but none of this type of emotional processing is is linear yeah and i think through life experience like you it's something that is learned like it's so unnatural the first time you go through it and having been through it from like a loss standpoint with more like grandparents and now getting to the age where it's starting to be more like parents that like generation it's speaking more about like death not necessarily like loss of partnerships but that too there's a lot that like you kind of learn through going through it yourself or seeing others go through it but i think it's one of those topics that it's like it can be really hard to put words to it can be really hard to talk about um because it's just so it's just like so hard and it it, it sucks and um, so I, I think our intention with today's episode is that hopefully um, if you're going through any kind of loss um, to just know that like you're not alone in that and, and maybe take away some tools that, that can help you move forward. Exactly. And grief can be one of these things where although it is a universal human experience, it's something that is really misunderstood and a lot of people are uncomfortable with in themselves and other people it can even feel shameful but it is so so potent and poignant to um every single person every single person cannot you can't get through living a human lifetime without having to address grief at some point so all that to say i'm no expert and you know obviously there are certain things that i'm still not necessarily good at around this topic it's always really hard to know what to say for someone going through an experience um it's really um while it can be really constructive to tell people to look at the to look on the bright side and to seep positivity into the experience um it's also really really valuable to allow yourself to feel it in its entirety and that's something i definitely want to make sure sure we talk about but you know obviously the most universal experience that a lot of people have is losing well you know the loss of of loved ones 
Um, and I remember it's not just around the permanence of the loss, but even in the anticipation of the loss. And I was thinking the past couple of weeks a lot about my, my grandmother who, on my mother's side, who lived with me through, through high school while she was going through Alzheimer's and the grief in seeing her lose control of her memory. And, um, you know, while on one end appreciating the, there being this grief in her confusion, her frustration, and seeing my own mother, um, you know, have to shift roles and take care of her mother and feel that inevitable loss of, um, loss and change in relationship. And I think I say this to say that there is, there are grief in, there's grief in finality and there's grief in the process of getting to a sense of, to, uh, in the inevitable. It's almost, and obviously these are very different topics, but it's, you feel it similarly when you're going through a breakup and you can feel months before it's going to happen that it's inevitable. And there's the grieving starts before and it continues long after. And, but we live in this society where people expect it to be like, oh, it's like, you know, like, oh, it's been a couple weeks, like it's done now, but people, and it's great when people show up for the hard moment, but it's something that, not never over, but it's something that will always live inside you. Um, so I think something that's really important is saying that and recognizing that grief is something that needs to be sat with and sat with regularly because we all carry collective grief. Like I was crying this morning when I was watching reels about what's happening in Gaza because it's really sad. You know, I've cried due to failures of mine that happened years ago. I've cried, uh, you know, missing, missing loved ones, loved ones years after the, you know, they were gone. And it's never something that is linear. Just like people say that healing is not linear or success is not linear. No, grief is one of those topics that is messier to talk about, but it is the same. Yeah. And I think, like, I think probably, you know, you never forget your first loss in the same way, like, you never forget your first love, like, and for me, it was our first dog, which I feel like very blessed, like, my first loss was, obviously, like, dog, I'm a huge dog lover, and dogs are fam our family, but um, I'm sure people have much more difficult first encounters with death, um, but it was a huge blow to your like reality you know you kind of it's one of those chapters that we know is inevitable but we don't like to think about it and best to not talk about it and just pretend it's not gonna happen and it really rocked our world he I was only 12 and he I was very young he got diagnosed with leukemia and he died within like four days of us figuring out that he was sick um, and prior to that, he was like a very healthy dog. I think actually the week before he passed away, my mom and my sisters and I took him on this like tour of, of our town. We probably walked like five miles. It was a beautiful day. We didn't think anything of it. He was totally fine. Sometimes he like laid down and took breaks, but like that was just his personality. He was just a goofy chocolate lab, Toby. 
And I will never forget mom basically finding out he was really sick, something wasn't right. And uh, I won't have to <laughs> share like all the sad details, it's a very sad story. But anyways, all of a sudden he was gone and um, it feel, it's it's such a, it's imprinted into my memory. Like I will never forget the feeling of like, my dad and I like barricaded ourselves in the basement because it was the only place like he couldn't go down the stairs. There were like no memories of him there. And I think we like watched the Lord of the Rings down there <laughs> for two weeks straight. I just didn't even know what else to do with myself. Um, but it feels like it was yesterday. You know, it's, it's crazy how your memory works that way where it's still like it's so many little details i probably don't remember anything else from that year of my life other than like those couple of weeks i'm um, going through that for the first time right all well, because the other the other side of love and is is really grief it's there there is a uh an agony of love as they call it um in that, you know, no matter if you have the love of your life and you're together for, you know, decades, decades um, together, it is inevitable that we all come to a, to a conclusion of our time in this physical realm. Um, and depending on your belief system, you know, you can believe that, every, you know, that all of this, these souls are connected and still around us um, or are reborn. You know, everyone has different, different ways that they think about, um, about souls, but grief can also be grief in, you know, something that, not something that happened, but something that didn't happen. You can also grieve um, a way you thought your life was going to be in a picture you had in your head. You can also grieve things such as losing your job is a form of grief um, and it's all something that people feel like they can't necessarily express that as an equally valid form of grief but it's it's just as big of um, like a life change like someone going through a divorce is similar to having their a version of their life that they thought they were going to have an ending that needs to be grieved just as much as that is a you know celebration of liberation so there's all this duality in this emotion and it's important to talk about that duality because the other end of allowing yourself to fully experience grief is feeling the the beauty on the other side of that spectrum and so grief is something that i've sat a lot with and i wanted to talk a little bit about really practical steps of how to do that. So there's a lot of different levels to this depending on your comfort level. And that could be just in a space all by yourself, maybe lighting a candle, maybe having some flowers, resourcing towards the something that makes you feel pleasure, having something that you can ground back to if you feel like you're getting lost in grief. And that can be something as simple as the sky and just being very, very still. So maybe lying on your back and deep breathing really deeply. So breathing deep into your stomach, into your chest and exhaling. And the thing that as someone who does somatic work, I 
learned to process how you feel it as physical pain. And I think that that's something that in the standard vernacular and discussions around grief isn't necessarily acknowledged that much is that it's really important to, to feel that pain. And that's where a lot of people when they're grieving maybe turn to feeling angry, feeling freeze, frozen, feeling like they need to numb themselves in some way. Um, but the grief and that pain is the teacher. It is the medicine that will get you through it. And any way of avoiding it is going to, you know, bring about more pain. And the only way to feel, to, to get through grief is to grieve. And it's also, once you do it, it can be such, this be such a beautiful process. Something that I think is really, really powerful about grief is talking about it and being witnessed in it. So this is something that could be done with a coach or a somatic therapist, or, you know, there are grief and death doulas. There are people who can help you with this, or even just a friend or a loved one, um, maybe someone who is separate from the circumstance or connected to it as well and really talking about it and being seen in your messiness um, because that's that's how people categorize it but it's it's so human and a lot of people feel like they need to hide to cry and that is totally valid but i think it's really really and in my experience it's really really potent medicine to be witnessed in the most gutting grief. And I, I always find myself using that term gutting because to me in my body, grief feels like, like nausea and like a, like a stabbing in my gut. Yeah. What would you say are some tips for someone that has a friend or a loved one that's going through grief? Like how, how can they support them through that and kind of battle that, just meeting them where they're at and you know i just feel like a lot of times people don't really know what to do or how to behave it's just feel really awkward and stuck on how to support a loved one going through it absolutely and honestly i i'm not gonna consider myself an, an expert on that because I, I i know exactly that tension you're talking about it's that uncomfortableness of oh this just happened it's like oh like how do i how do i react to that um and I think it's almost this feeling of, let me give you privacy, let me respect your privacy. And while I think that's a really beautiful instinct, it's often just offering like, hey, um, I wanna talk to you about this. Like, I'd like to ask you some questions about, you know, your aunt whom you're grieving. I'd love to hear, you know, how you're feeling about your job loss. I'd love to hear, you know, how you're, you know, what you're learning about from this breakup and whether it's, you know, people will have different layers of which they're able to open up and the depth of the question you ask can, you know, be, it can, you could make it vague just so that people have the ability to open up as much as they, they feel comfortable doing so. But I think creating the space to talk about it and being curious. I think that being curious 
is the kindest thing you can do because I feel like we're in a society where grief is something that's often swept under the rug. I think being curious and offering the opportunity to talk about it because your, your, your friend or loved one could respond, you know what, I, I really appreciate you asking. I'd love to focus on, on something else tonight. I've been really deep in grief um, and that's okay. But if they need to talk about it, you're asking and giving the opportunity so that that, you know, perceived cultural shame around showing up in your grief is is removed and they're allowed to show up in it. Yeah. I think, too, just with all the different ways we can communicate with each other and how people are always just on their phones. I don't know. I find that, like, instinctually, I do try to give people a little bit of space, at least initially. Like, I'll maybe I'll send a nice text or, like, I don't know, like a photo of, like, a flower. Like, something, like, cheerful that's, like, I'm not asking anything of you. I'm just letting you know that I'm here and I love you. Because um, I think sometimes, like, you don't... I don't know. I, I feel like I'm thinking of, like, when Oma died and people were texting me and sending really loving texts. And, and it was really nice, but I didn't really want to answer, especially when you're getting inundated, which is wonderful. It's, like, a loving feeling. I appreciate it. I was, definitely wasn't like, oh, how dare you? <laughs> like, that was not the sentiment I appreciated it but I didn't feel the need I didn't want to like get into it with every single person that reached out to me um right I think text is really different than in person I think that the the question asking advice that I was proposing was really if you're if you went like once you're with them in person and I think that there is an immediate period where you know just reaching out and not expecting anything in return well i mean think always that's a nice thing to do just reach always reaching out to people we love and without expectation but yeah i definitely hear you i think that you know tip i i even have periods outside of periods of like uh, acute grief where i feel like i am just feeling very inward so i mean in this technological era i think allowing people to be where they're at energetically, um, whether that be for grief or any other reason, is really important. And, but remind, especially, you know, if people are going through periods of, of grief or depression, um, continuing to, to reach out, I think is the kindest thing you can do. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget, like once when I was going through a really tough time, I had a friend send me this list of, things I could do for myself every day and it was like really helpful it just kind of helped I don't know I think it helped me accept the fact that it's a process and it does take time and like some days are gonna be easier than others but it like gave me a plan of like one nice thing I could do for myself every day and little things I hadn't even thought of before like buying I feel like I never had really bought myself flowers, foreign mm -hmm. concept to me. I don't know why. It's a great idea. Uh, but, like, little things like that was on this list. It was, like, buy yourself flowers. Like, go get a massage. Um, like, go buy, like, great chocolate chip cookie. Like, like, these little things that were just, like, bringing moments of joy into your orbit every day. And, like, choosing to do something nice for yourself every day. Um and I like really carried that with me and I, and I, I passed it forward 
Um, maybe we can put it in the show notes, but it's something that I'll, if I have like a friend going through a hard time, I'll just kind of like forward this list and be like, if you're, you know, just some ideas of something nice you can do for yourself today or whatever. Um, it was really helpful. Absolutely. And, and finding small moments of joy is, you know, living a life that is really full is created not in the big moments but in the really small moments and little treats and my my friends and I always joke about like basically every day just getting getting a treat a little treat um yeah. so I I love that um and yeah I think especially in it's important to have intentional time to get through and let emotions out to feel your body bracing against wanting to express these emotions to start to like you know for me it's to start to move um because i really experience freeze and just bring movement back to that and often once i've gone through the the bad then treating myself and having a little treat and i think that this is I think both approaches are important. Um, I think it's really important to experience, you know, gratefulness um, and creating moments of things that you can be grateful for and grateful for ways you're showing up for yourself, ways you're showing up for others, Um, you know, just a hot cup of tea, little things. Um, And I had a, a teacher once describe it as like the great fullness of life, the looking at the ordinary as if it is completely extraordinary because it is and you know back to talking about oma you know in the grief of while living with her seeing you know her memory cycles get short smaller and smaller also sitting on the back porch with her sipping her scotch that was like her highlight of her day and reminiscing about you know her favorite memories and her, you know, t- her reapplying her red lipstick. It's these little moments that are so potent. Um, and it's, it's all beautiful and it makes, makes our lives just a little bit happier by appreciating the small joys as well as the big joys. Yeah. And I think when you go, when you are going through this or you're someone close to you is going through it, it really puts things in perspective that, you know, we go through our days and we have our habits and, you know, maybe our little frustrations with our partners or our parents or our siblings or, you know, whoever's bugging us. Um, And it's really, then you think back to like the people that you really miss. And, you know, maybe we just sat on the back porch with mom and dad a few weeks ago and had a scotch and maybe didn't think anything of it, but boy, what would we give to have like one more scotch with all of our red lipstick on with Oma, you know? Um, and so I think it really just, it's like a reality check that you never know what's around the corner and part of that's tragic, but part of it's beautiful and grounds you in the present, present. And I think it can be really hard when you're in the the depths of it. And if you're dealing with like a loss of life and someone's telling you to be grateful, like I, I could imagine being like flipping that person off, um, you know, or just not like just not being there yet and I think that's fine too um to like honor the feelings that you're feeling but also to 
have it kind of make you realize in time that it's all about the little things and it's all about the moments we share. And that as humans, you know, we're programmed to not want change. And yet change is like the only, the only guarantee we have. It's the only constant. And so there's always this tension between like we as humans like have evolved to like resist change for evolutionary purposes. It makes us very uncomfortable, even though it's usually good for us. Um, but then when we're met with a sudden change, whether that be job loss, human loss, etc., it's a sh total shock to the system and a lot of it's biology, but you know, depending on what you believe, a lot of it too is just the beginning. And I will say that while our grandmother had Alzheimer's for five years and wasn't herself at all, and that was really hard to watch because I felt like she was trapped in her own body on earth and wasn't really anywhere. I don't know where the real Joe was during that time. Once she did pass, I felt this like very strong connection to her. Like she was back, you know, and maybe she wasn't with me in person, but I like felt her soul and her guidance and her watching over us as who she is and her, her real self, not the person who was forgetting that Brianna and Danielle were twins or that we had dogs or, you know, whatever. Um, and that was a really good feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I think that I want to touch on your, what you said, you know, if you're in the depths of it, it could cause, cause anger and anger and rage are, you know, they describe it as one of the steps of grief, but it's, it is this almost reactiveness to this loss of control because we can't control, you know, what's, what's happening and, you know, it's wrapped up in acceptance. I would say that those phases are really connected because if you are not yet willing to process grief, then I think it makes a lot of sense that it comes up as, as rage. And I think, you know, for me, I mean, there's, there's all sorts of different ways that people experience trauma and trauma can be big life events. It could be a death. It could be, you know, a traumatic event. It can also just be feeling like, you know, your expectations were violated, like your, you felt that you were disconnected or misunderstood. Um, I can remember in, in my experience, I, you know, used to get really angry all the time. And, you know, it took a lot of sitting, sitting in my emotions to realize that that rage was grief and sadness. And it's, so I think that that's something that, you know, Alicia, you said, like if people are lashing out, they're usually in a lot of, a lot of pain. And so I think that if you know someone's going through a period of grief to just, you know, either be, be extra kind, of course, but also like make space for that and try to, I would say just to encourage them. Like if you need to be angry, like be angry and like get, you know, pounded out on a pillow and scream and be so sad and curse to God. Like, why did this happen? Like, I don't understand. And some, and I think that people really, really 
need that. Like we need to go through the these messy, mooky, spooky <laughs> things that <laughs> that you know people don't want to talk about it. But that that's what it looks like. It looks messy. It looks like, oh. Yeah. I'll share something very vulnerable. Um, when I lost my job last year, I was so fucking mad. And I think I was talking to you, Brie, and I was like, I don't know what to, like, I'm just, like, so mad. And you're like, I think you need to, like, go outside and, like, break some shit. <laughs> and I did. I, like, went into the forest, like, behind where I live. And I literally was, like, grabbing twigs and snapping them and, like, th like literally just throwing wood around and, like, throwing these, like, big logs and, like, breaking them with my foot. And I'm just like yelling and screaming until I'm like crying and then I'm like laughing and because I'm just I'm laughing because I'm just being so ridiculous. But it also felt it was like such a release. And I swear that was like the day I got over it. Yeah. I, I mean, like, hey, I'm over well, it. Like, it makes sense that you're laughing and you felt lighter. It's like you can you can like literally grieve your way into like an orgasmic state. Um, I won't go down that road too much, but like it feels good. <laughs> It feels good to release. It feels good to get to get the heaviness, the feeling of something pressing you down, like just even a fraction lighter. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it's really interesting. You think about children, how they throw tantrums and then we teach them like you absolutely cannot throw a tantrum, but yeah. throwing a tantrum is exact like children are born innately knowing how to process their emotions and then we're socialized that that's not okay and sure yeah if you're gonna ha throw like lie down and scream and sob in the middle of a grocery store maybe that's not appropriate but as an adult you can you know find a space that you can intentionally create for yourself to let that emotion out and to feel it and to express it and like you'll feel so yeah. so so silly um you know, when I started doing somatic work, I felt so ridiculous and I wouldn't let myself throw a tantrum, be even though as a child, Alicia can attest, like, yeah. I was- We all remember know. the uh, Lyme incident of 2005, almost got killed by a flying Lyme from Brianna. And I wasn't even a kid, I think I was like 15. Um, it took yeah. me a really, really long time to learn how to regulate my emotions. Um, and in fact, I never actually learned how to do it until I was an adult, which is why I would hold all my emotions and then I would explode. Um, and yes, so we'll confirm, <laughs> yeah, um, basically anyone who's ever known me can confirm that, um, unless they met me in like the last four years, maybe. Oh, what are you, such a chill girl. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think it's, I think I, I say this because I think, you know, for whatever reason, I think I felt called to talk about grief today because I think obviously there's a lot of things happening in the world where we're all experiencing collective grief and you know we're kind of like strong-armed against like don't look at it like just pretend everything's fine everything's fine um and it's okay that's how you to... get sick if you if you don't let it out you're you're gonna internalize it in your body and you're gonna literally get it yourself sick yeah get you know diseases it'll start as like you know you know maybe you'll have stomach problems you're like what's going on it's like you need to let yourself cry. You need to say, talk to a friend or a therapist and say like, like, and that's why I said asking, just asking the questions and being curious, you know, I think that's, that's the only, and I, I know I'm obviously, you know, would be curious to hear what other people's 
strategies for showing up for others is, but at the end of the day, like only you can show up for yourself in that way. Only you can give yourself the permission and allow yourself to experience it um, and really go through the grieving process. And it's, it's something that all, like acknowledging that, you know, allowing yourself to feel it will help and nothing will ever take it away in a sense, you know, like Alicia was remembering our dog dying when we were children. It's like, you can still think back to that and you can feel it. And I think that's beautiful because it mattered. Yeah, I'll uh, share a quote that mom sent me the other day that I thought was pretty powerful. It was that grief is love with nowhere to go. Yeah. And it is one of those things that the only way through it is through it. And so whatever kind of loss it is, you can numb it with alcohol and whatever else suits your fancy, you can tuck it away and not think about it. Um, but you're going to have to deal with it eventually. So um, best, to, best to just like dive in and feel the feelings and as soon as you can, you know, t t talk about it, reach out to your friends. Uh, that other thing you, were, you showed me the other day, Brie, was just that I feel like women are more inclined to just be open in general about shared experience and when they're struggling when they're going through a hard time it was like this talk on on that and how they were kind of correlating how why women live longer and they were saying that it's because of these shared communities that they have like if they go through a tough time they call all the other ladies in the neighborhood and they all figure it out together whereas men tend to be a bit more internal um reach out to people, you know, um, you don't have to do it, go through it alone. I'm sure there's lots of people that want to be there for you. So, um, that's like a really, really key. It's really important to, sh to show up for yourself, show up for others and to connect with whatever it is that you, that you believe in and try to find strength in that. And I don't know why the story you were just telling about the, like, you know, longevity and men and, and women, differences reminded me of a book that I read and it was talking about a study where people were praying for those who lived, you know, a hundred years ago and they just were given random names and they thought that they were people in a hospital today. They weren't told that these were names for pe of people that were, that had already lived, like li had already died. And the ones who were prayed for versus the ones who weren't prayed for, even though it was completely different century were like and actually did better back then and I thought I think about that study a lot the past couple of weeks and it's really strange because it just makes me think about that it matters and I think that for a lot long time in my life I didn't think that praying for something that had already happened before mattered praying about something that I couldn't change mattered but it does Wow. Profound. I gotta think about that one. Well, we hope that um, this was a helpful episode. We know it was a little bit sad, but that's okay. And wherever you're at or whatever you've been through, we hope we hope you took something away from this. Um, would love your feedback. 
and we'll see you soon. Love you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review, follow us, or share it with a friend. Have a great day, and remember, you make the rules. Thank you.